I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, while you're messing with the computer, let's talk about Christ. Let's talk about Christ. Just, just a little bit. Welcome to Manic Grumbling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. I... I... It's already good. I'm trying not to start. I'm trying not to start each... Every time we start an episode, we go, this week we're going to, or this episode, or today, I'm trying to use different words, and then I got stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of formulaic. Yeah. Trying to come up with a different way to begin a podcast. You should just begin it, right? So, with thoughts my and prayers. Internet went out yesterday. Thoughts and prayers. My internet went out yesterday in the middle of a giant project. You had a sick kid, right? Oh yeah, all all day long. Oh yeah, yeah. My kids have a piano recital tomorrow night, and then they have to play in front of judges on Saturday. And Lita has dance practice tonight. Marlo has therapy. Lita has to try out for the play on Friday. I have to go vote today. I am doing that. It's been Straight a it's Republican. been a week, and I spoke. Do Straight what? Republican ticket. Do what? Um. Yeah. Good. Um. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, good news. We'll start. We'll start here. That was a, just a. That was a fucking fucking spiral that we just went through. It totally was. Um, so we're gonna start with good news, though. Well, this wow. is, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, my kids, my mother invited us to lunch on Sunday. And I said to her, um, I have to be somewhere at two. And she's like, well, we probably won't be finished by then. Why don't you just bring the kids and then um, stay as long as you can and then go to your thing and we'll bring them home. Your thing. Like, okay. okay, yeah to a thing where I spoke at the mass resignation, the eighth annual mass resignation from the LDS church where people show up and there are speakers and they can fill out paperwork for someone who can file um, a resignation request for them so that they don't get hassled when they ask to be taken off the rolls, which happens. Right. Anyway, a rambling way of saying that I guess somewhere after I left and the kids are hanging out with my family. Marlo overheard my mother. She said, Mom, did Grandmommy vote for Trump? Oh, God. And and um, I don't know if my mother did or not. My assumption, and you never make assumptions, but my assumption is that she didn't vote. Or she voted third party or something. Um, that's my assumption. And I could be completely wrong. I know my sister voted for, for Trump. I don't believe my dad did either. Really? Yeah. I mean, my dad and my stepmother have made offhanded remarks about how insane everything is, which is very surprising to me. But she said she overheard grandma me saying 
as they were talking, that we hold a lot of respect for what he is trying to do, what Donald Trump is trying to do for our president. Hmm. And she looked at me and she's like, what do you think? (laughs) That's what she asked you? Marlo said that. Yeah, Marlo was like, what do you think about that? And I was like, uh, and I, I, I did, I said this, I said, Marlo... Donald Trump is the worst person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is accurate. And I usually try to like stay, I don't want to infiltrate, like I don't want to indoctrinate my kids with, you must be a liberal Democrat. But it just came out. I was like, oh my God, he's the worst person in the world. That's how I feel about it. Which is fair. You didn't say he's the worst Republican president we've had or that Republicans are bad. He's just, even if he were a Democrat, he would be a terrible human being. Yes. I mean, it it has nothing to do with, with party. I don't, honestly, I don't know how you can respect what he's trying to do when, for one, I don't actually think he's trying to do anything. But for another, everything that is happening is a fucking disaster. I mean, I don't. It's wow. I mean, I've known I've some some this. Trump supporters, some people who voted for Trump that are now just beyond embarrassed. Really? Oh yeah. Because everything's a mess. I mean, everything is a mess. Everything's a mess. How how you didn't see that I, coming? Um, I, don't, I don't know. But <laughs> I know. yeah. I stumbled upon a, a Twitter thread a couple of days ago from uh someone who is studying at Princeton. They waived his tuition because he also teaches. Okay. So he has his tuition waived and they give him every year that he's that he's there, they give him a stipend of like thirty two thousand oh dollars a year. This was, yeah. Yep. Did you see this? Yeah, so essentially what the tax code is gonna do is cut out the exemption for tuition. And tuition every year at Princeton is eighty two thousand dollars. So instead of being taxed on his stipend, which they give him of thirty two thousand, he is now going to be taxed on thirty two thousand plus eighty two thousand. Right, which makes it look year. like his income is much more than it actually is. Yeah, a hundred and twelve, hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, and that's what he will be taxed on. So essentially, what it's doing, like his conclusion was, this: the whole basis of getting rid of that exemption is to kill higher education is to kill, like, how is anybody going to get a PhD without being independently right. wealthy? Yeah, but he said, didn't it increase his tax bill like three or four times? Yeah. Quadrupled it. Yep. Yeah. These are students. These are people who, <laughs> these are these are the smart people that we want. We want them educated so that they can inform policy and research. Right. Oh, it's- and that's just it, is that every time, like ev- absolutely everything that is said or done negates something else, like at, at every turn. It's even, I mean, and this has happened after all of the recent mass shootings, since there's now several of them, that, you know, it's not a gun issue, it's a mental health issue. But then we're going to cut access to mental health care anyway. So even yes. even though it is totally a gun issue... If you believe it to be a mental health issue, then maybe provide some options. But you don't. So it's just, it. everything just, it's, you can't even get your head around it. I mean, you want to talk about a manic rambling spiral? That is the government right now. 
Like 100%. Someone tweeted, uh, the best place for a mass shooting is a country where no one can get health care. Right, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I think that he just said this morning to the president of Tokyo, I think he said, um, mass shootings could happen anywhere in the world. There's never been a mass shooting. Right, campaign. yes, I mean, in theory, sure, <laughs> they could. But what's that, is that headline in that the theory, onion runs? And I think Orlando might have been the first time they ran it. Maybe it was before then. But they basically just rerun it every time there's a mass shooting and change the name of the the city and state and then change some of the photos. But the headline is something like, there's absolutely nothing we can do to stop this, says the only country in the world where this is a problem. And they, they rerun it every single time because basically everything applies because it's it's yes it's ridiculous. Oh, and excuse me, I said president of Japan. I meant the emperor okay. of Correction. Japan. Sorry, I don't. I'm, I'm going to get called Didn't out. Didn't he that. also? I I will admit to not actually reading beyond this or researching it, but I saw something pop up in my feed that he he made a comment that he never realized how many countries there were until he became president. Yeah, yeah. For one, that in itself is an issue. But if that is true, <laughs> you don't admit that out loud. Like, well, I. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it it just doesn't. It's like what new fresh hell do we wake up to every day? What new fresh hell? Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too. Like you don't want to, and I feel the same way about Lexton. Like I don't want to tell him he has to be a Democrat or he has to hate this person or whatever. But I feel like, and he, you know, four years ago, I mean, he was nine, so he he was aware of what was happening, and like without me saying anything. He formed his own opinions about Donald Trump, and they were not positive. He's a kid. Like, like even with Marlo, you know, she's asking you what you think about that. But in the back of her mind, I think she knows what to think about that. Well, when you watch him, just watching him speak and watching his body language, watching his facial features, it's, it's a horrifying thing to behold. Yes. Just objectively, it's a horrifying thing to behold. The the narcissism and the the haughty condescension is so repugnant just by just just watching it that I think kids pick up on those cues. Absolutely, I think if he gave a positive speech, like a genuinely positive, kind speech, and delivered it in the same manner, you would still feel really weird about it. Right. You would still feel uncomfortable. I mean, you'd feel like it was he was dishonest, for one, because how could you deliver it like that and say what you're saying? But it is. It's, it's very much his general demeanor that yeah. is, yeah, yeah. It's repugnant. That's the yes, word. Yes, it is. This wasn't going to be a political episode. It wasn't. Well, but it is voting day. True. We are um, recording on voting day. Yeah. So the the, I guess, awfully ironic thing about my children being with my mother on Sunday is that... I mean, I did not tell her that I was, oh, shit. And I, oh, shit, 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 shit. Um, she texted me last night after reading the speech that I gave at the mass resignation, and, and I haven't responded to her just because I've been, it's been crazy. It's been crazy Wait, over wait, here. she emailed you about the speech? She texted me in a very lovely text about how she loved me for who I was and not because of a, a relationship with Christ. And she loved, you know, she respected and loved me and loved my talent. And I haven't said anything because 
I, 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 like, I made a mental note to go back and text her, and that mental note got wiped out by piano and dance and theater and fucking internet yep. problems. So the, the ironic thing was that I was speaking at this mass resignation, and the reason that I hadn't taken my name off the rolls until this year is because I, was, I didn't want to hurt her. She was, the, she was the very specific reason why I never went through the trouble of taking my name off the rolls, was I don't want to hurt my mom. As in, like, that, would, that action would kind of be salt in the wound? Okay. Yeah, so there's a, there's a part of my speech from a, a gay man in Seattle, an online friend of mine, who jumped in to sort of defend. I was getting attacked by some people saying that I wasn't being a good ally by not having my name removed before for other, like, the Prop 8 debacle in, two, in 2008. You know about Prop 8, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been several times when the church has made really bigoted decisions, and I didn't have my name removed then. So, so some people were jumping on my case saying, you're not a real ally. Um, I can't believe that it's a singing gig that caused you, because the Mormon Tabernacle Choir sang at the inauguration. And that's why I had my name removed. And someone was just tearing me apart, and he jumped in and said, listen, I am still a member. My only uh, affiliation with it, he's like, I hate the church and its corporatized existence. And the only attachment that I have to it is that my name is still on the rolls. And that is one of the most important things to members of the church who are active is their name on the rolls. And he said, I, I love the hometown ward that raised me. I love the people who are in my congregation who support me and respect me and love who I am. And for those of us who haven't defected 100%, we'll get there on our own time. We'll get there. We have our reasons. And in the meantime, we can still advocate for, for those who are oppressed and persecuted. And I thought it was just such a lovely gesture on his part to jump in and say, hey, 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 you know, she had her reason for waiting. Right. And I did. It really was that I didn't want to hurt my mother. And my kids were with her yesterday while I was giving this, or Sunday while I was giving the speech. And she knew what you were giving a speech for? No, oh. no, I didn't tell oh, her. Okay. No, I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruin her day. But then basically that text was saying... That's like, that wouldn't have ruined my day. Like, that's yeah, not why the, I love The text you. was saying, yeah. Heather, you know, I love you. And because we've been through a lot in the last year. Right. We've been through quite a bit. And actually, I think she referenced in this speech back in 1997 when she realized that I was living with my boyfriend. She sat me down at Chili's and over chips and salsa told me that. She loved me, but that our relationship would never be the same without Christ in it. Ah, okay. And, yeah, and that was a devastating blow to me because my mother had always been my best friend. And last year, the dark year, the horrible year, my mother came to a therapy session with me. And the therapist sort of drew this incident out of me. And it, it crushed my mother to know how deeply that that sentence affected me. And she was so apologetic and wanted me to know that she has come a long way since then and that she would never believe that or say that ever again. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty significant amount of personal growth on her part. Oh, my mother is the most amazing person in the world. And sometimes I feel 
really, really, really guilty about how amazing she is because I know so many people who do not have this type of relationship with their mother. Right. Yeah. You should probably respond to that text. <laughs> I know. I right right after this, I'm going to. I'm going to call her and cry and tell her that she's still one of the most. She, other than my children, she is the most important person in my life. Yeah, I've started this thing. Just I don't know why. Where I I read texts, and sometimes out loud, I will respond, and then I put my phone down. I'll read it and I'll kind of nod and go, yeah, that sounds good. And then I set my phone down and realize hours later, oh yeah, should probably actually respond. I don't, I don't know. I think I just have so much going on that responding to myself makes sense. Sometimes you ever find yourself where you've written out the response and you think you've sent it, but you didn't. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You find it later and I just add a little note. Yes. This should have been sent yesterday. (laughs) Well, the worst though is when you don't even like, sometimes you type it out, don't send it and then remember, but other times you type it out and don't send it. And then like the next day they text you again and you go to look at their text and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just the mass amount of, of it's hard for me. I hope people are forgiving. There's just, just the mass amount of messages and comments and left on so many different platforms that it's hard for me to respond in a timely manner to anybody. That, yeah, that's a big challenge. I mean, even outside of like various social platforms, and I, I know you have this too, but you've got like multiple emails. Yes. That you're checking and you can't, like if you're in that box and you see those messages, you remember it, but you're not always in that box. You're in a different box and, oh Yeah. And at least for me, oh, like yeah. different clients have different systems of communication that they mm-hmm. use for projects or whatever. And oh my God, like you forget to check one and all hell breaks loose. Yes. It's the problem with the modern world. It used to just be the, it used to just be the landline phone. <laughs> it was simpler times. Oh God. You were t- I was talking to somebody about that the other day. Part of, part of my original home phone number was... 0852, which is straight up the, I called it straight up the middle dial when I would tell people my phone oh, yeah, number, 0852. straight up the middle dial. But is that an accurate, because it's not a dial, is it? I mean. Because the dial would be a rotary. Well, I guess a dial would be a rotary, but you say to dial the number, so. Right. Makes sense. Oh, wait, yeah. No, I guess. I mean, it passes, right? It works. Did they understand it? It passes. Yes, they did. But and I, but I, I remember us having a rotary phone in the home, like an orange. It was orange. We had one that was ivory. And you, do you remember? Did you guys have one? We, it was like in a location that was least used. But yeah. every single time I would pick it up to make a call, it was like, oh, fuck. Do they have any nines in their number? Son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. It was awful. Honestly, it was just, yeah. Like I'm trying to figure out like how novel it would be like, <laughs> like walking Marlo up to a payphone, a rotary payphone and having her try to work it. Right. Try to understand what <laughs> like, it is without it, without any sort of instruction, just walk her up to it and go, go. Yep. <laughs> Here's two quarters. Yeah. Figure it out. Exactly. <gasps> 
I can't. Yeah. I mean, even when I, when I was just in the airport last, there was like a bank of pay phones and I honestly just stopped in my tracks because it took me a minute. I'm like, fucking pay phones. Why? Like, why are these even here? Yeah. It has been so long since I've seen them. So I can't imagine being, you know, like Marlo's age and seeing pay phones or Marlo's age and seeing a rotary phone. What the hell do you do with the wheel? I mean, honestly. Oh, man. Someone tweeted the other day about how many old mystery novels and movies where you could basically solve everything in like the first chapter or first 10 minutes with a, with a cell phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And R.L. Stein. Oh, God, what is that? Oh, my goosebumps? kids watch. Goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Oh, my God. So, our, and R.L. Stein re- responded and said, my job is so hard these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will, re- I will routinely, um, when we're driving to school in the morning, I will routinely tell Lita, oh, God, look, look this up for me right now. Look it up. I need to know this before the day starts. And she'll pull up her phone and she'll look up something for me. Oh, my God. Life is so different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, just the immediacy of everything, basically. Anything can happen in a snap. In a snap, including having your name removed from the Mormon church. Yes. It used to be, we, we may have talked about this, you had to write a letter to a specific part of the church, and they would then contact your local bishop, and then they would contact members of your family, and then they would come to your home. Just to remind you of what you were um, doing, of of the blessings that you were no longer entitled to, the commitments that you've made and were now breaking. So they would harass sort you into like, remaining with the they church. They would harass you and intimidate you. There's, story, there's horror stories if you go online and look. And back during Prop 8, a, a lawyer here, his name is Mark Noggle, he, he created a website called quitmormon.com. And all you have to do is enter in uh, your name and your where you live, and he'll find the specific number that's attached to your name within the church records, and he sends a letter on your behalf to the church, basically saying they want this. My client wants her name removed. If anybody from the church contacts her, we will take action immediately. Whoa! <laughs> and he does it for free. Oh wow! So yeah. is I feel like you've told me this before, but basically, the church cares because. They want more names on the list so they can essentially boast higher membership. Yes. yes. So they so they don't even care if those membership numbers are actual Mormons. What's interesting, and people have asked me this, like, um, they 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 can't believe that I had not been excommunicated. And my answer to them was they don't care about inactive members being assholes. They care about the active members who are causing problems. It's the ones who are inside the church. So there's a woman, there's a local woman, her name is Kate Kelly. And a couple of years ago, you may have heard about this. She was campaigning to have changed the doctrine that that would allow, it would allow women to hold the priesthood. And, you know, they, they basically threatened her and said, you have to stop this or we're going to take action against you. And she was, she stood her ground and they excommunicated her. Interesting. And people were like, how did she get excommunicated? But you talk shit about the church all the time. And I'm like, they don't care about me because 
anybody who's inside the church is like, yeah, that's some crazy fucking lunatic deuce. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who cares? Well, right. So it's like they can they can distance they can distance themselves from you because you're not active in the church, but yet they still want to take credit for you in the numbers. Yes. It's ridiculous. Well, and you have to do, and also um part of the church doctrine is that Latin America and the people of Latin America are a chosen people. It says so in the Book of Mormon. There's a whole book dedicated to the fact that um, Latin America and South America is populated by a chosen people of the Lord. And so missionaries who go into these Latin American countries are not only bringing them that message, but they're also bringing them a, a church that offers that has an incredible welfare system. Um, the church takes care of its members. Right. So you go into these poor countries and you say, You're cho- here's a book from God that says you're chosen. Also, we have a ton of food and a ton of supplies at church. And so you have these, num- these record-breaking numbers of people being baptized. My brother went on his mission to Quebec, uh, where the majority of those that he tried to convert were Catholic and wanted nothing to do with the stupidity of Mormonism. And so my brother, in, in the entirety of his mission, there were three baptisms. I think I, think I remember you saying that, yeah. Yeah. And most of the, the, the guys that he had gone to college with went to, you know, they either went to Chile or they went to Argentina, they went to Mexico, and they came back with like thousands of people that they had converted. Thousands. But, and but they're really converting for the support, how, right? I mean, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not absolutely. For the, not for and the so you wonder faith. how many of those are, yeah, how many of those are are still going to church? Right. That, that's the question, but they're still counted. Right. And that's always been sort of a major discussion for those of us who've left. Like they're still counting those people who converted because, you know, somebody came along and said, here's a book. You're chosen. Right. And we'll give you all these things. Yeah. Weird. It's very strange. Do you feel different now that your name is not on the list? You feel a weight? I will. Lifted. I didn't talk about this in the in the speech that I wrote, but all I got was an email with a, a scanned copy of the letter that the church sent him. And it said, you know, dear Mr. Noggle, we have received, you know, your petition on behalf of Heather Armstrong and her name has been removed from the rolls. Consider this, um, consider this your notification. And it was like three lines long. And I, I remember getting into bed one night when I got the email and I opened it up and I read the PDF, read the scan, and it felt like I had been punched in the gut. That was my involuntary reaction. Interesting. But it was fleeting. It was a very fleeting punch in the gut. And ever since then, um, I feel like I've made the right decision. I feel like I made, I made a choice. Right. You made the right choice for you at the right time for you. And right. clearly, I mean, with a text like that from your from your mom, I mean, it kind of confirms that, you know, though she, I'm sure she would rather you be in the church, it doesn't yes. affect anything, which is pretty tremendous, I think. It is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Well, she sees that I, you know, if Lita wanted to go to church, I would absolutely take her. I'm not, 
again, I'm not indoctrinating my children with some sort of liberal agenda. Right. <laughs> I just want my kids to be good people. And they're turning out pretty good. Are you sure? Even even without Mormonism? <laughs> you positive? What will we how will we raise our children? I just I just went through this actually over the last weekend because Lexton was with his grandparents uh most of the day Saturday and they typically go to church Saturday nights and they drag him along and then also incorporate Bible teaching. And he doesn't like it. Yeah. He, he has told me that it's boring, that he doesn't want to do it, that he doesn't really understand why they're reading to him out of the Bible without me saying anything like these, this has just come up, but knowing him, he doesn't really say anything to them because he wants to please everybody. So I had to kind of coordinate that they would drop him off with, I was, I was gone and they would drop him off with Heather before I got home, before, before they went to church. And fortunately, fortunately, Heather is very much on the same page with me on this and or the same page as me rather and we're not if he wants to go and i told him that i said if you want to go to church i'll go to church with you i said i don't it's fine but you don't really seem to like going so that's why we're we're having you not go like if you want to go he's like no 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 so boring like okay that's fine but if you change your mind let me know because i'm the same way i mean if he wants to pursue religion or at least investigate it in some way that's cool but not if you're going to drag him along and I, i'm sure i've mentioned this before but like these big non-denominational christian churches and if any mm -hmm. of the listeners go to one i'm glad that you like it they have cafes and arcades and computer labs and all this stuff that has nothing to do with church but it's it's fun and cool so it's like a reason mm -hmm. to want to go to church and then hey while you're messing with the computer let's talk about christ let's talk about christ just, just a little bit <laughs> in this really creepy whispery yeah. voice i'm gonna stand behind you and talk about jesus <laughs> that's that's how it feels to me i mean if you want to talk to kids about about jesus then just sit them down and talk about it and if they're bored with it then maybe a it's not for them or b it's not the right time and that needs to be okay. If you have to kind of coax them into it, it's it's weird. It's like, jump into the back of my van, there's candy. That is how it feels <laughs> to me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Wouldn't it be creepy, though, to have someone stand behind you, like, just talking yes. about christ 
Yeah, yeah. We should add that as sort of, maybe Ryan can do that as this weird audio overlay. One of us reading like <laughs> Bible verses quietly in the background. Oh my God, have you ever read, have you ever re- even read a page of the Book of Mormon? I have not, no. It's so, it's so, it's so boring. It's so boring. It's, and I've read that book like four times and I couldn't tell you, I don't remember anything. It's so boring. I mean, I've, I've read the Bible and it's not exciting. Sorry for those of you who think it's amazing. It's, yeah. I, I just got an email from someone just right before we started recording who said, it's clear from your post and from your speech that you don't have a problem. She's like, you have a problem with organizations. You don't have a problem with Jesus. I'm so glad that you're still open to accepting him into your heart. It's very important that you do so for you and your children. Wait, you have a problem with organizations just in general? Because... With religious okay. organizations. Well, yeah, the organized, the organized portion of it is a whole separate beast. Yeah. No, and I, you know... I, I don't want to, she was, she was being very friendly and lovely. She sent me fan mail before and she, I, 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 she's only, you know, she's not trying to be mean, but I mean, I'm not going to respond to her and say, no, I don't believe in God. Well, sorry. It's important that you do though. (laughs) I'm not trying to make anybody else not believe in God. That's just it. Like I don't, you can believe I believe in, science. in whatever God or lack of God or whatever that you want. It's it's fine with me. But then I feel like the same should apply from everyone else. Oh my God. I've gotta go I dig it I get I dig it a picture. We were walking into the piano teacher's house where they take piano lessons and she's super liberal and, and we talk all the time about stuff like this. And she has a sign in her yard that says uh, in her yard has all these sayings on it and one of them is like you know you know women's rights or human rights and then right in the middle of the sign it says science is real oh god (laughs) and i i just like fell over at the notion that in 2017 that has to be pointed out (laughs) yeah and i started laughing about it so hard and lita is like what is so funny i'm like science is real science is real no like no get this no get this you're not going to believe this. Science is real. So she, she and I now, like every morning, science is real. Oh my God. Science is real. Whenever she says goodbye to me at school, science is real, mom. Science is real. Yep. Yeah, we are at a point where we have to like fight for scientific fact now, which is, I don't, I don't understand that. There was a, a recent post on Vox, a very scary post basically saying that we've reached a point now where even if we do find that Trump and his team colluded with Russia, that it's not going to make any sort of difference because it, his base will be like, so well, so fucking what? Who cares? Big deal. Right. Like, that's where we we're at. That's where we're at. Which is so frightening because right. Russia is, you know, not really a fan of democracy. And all of Trump's base relies on the rights given to them through a democracy. But for whatever reason, these things don't really fit together for them. For a lot of them. I'm not, I won't blanket everybody. 
But for a lot of them, it doesn't really occur to them. So they'll say, so what? So he, so he worked with Russia. But that's kind of a big so what? Like Kind of a big so what? I, I don't, but they don't comprehend the bigness of it because it, so what? They helped him get elected. So what? They don't see the, okay, so let's take it a step further now. <laughs> what happens next? Right. Yeah. Well, what happens next? But also if, if the general message from, you know, the United States or the United States people is, that's fine, we don't really care, then how is that message received by Russia? Like, well, if we, if we can do that, then what else can we do? Exactly. Like, how else can we puppet this? And not to sound all doomsday, but I mean, it's, it's kind of what it is. Like, you can't brush something like this off as a so what because of what that means down the road. Dear God, so much. I mean, a, ma- a mass shooting of 26 people in the in the same week that, you know, two people are charged in Trump's campaign with, you know, basically lying and, and a whole bunch of indictments. And it's on top of all the hurricanes, on top of the wildfires, on top of another mass shooting in Las Vegas, on top of... Holy shit. Super volcano. Yep. And nothing is supposed to have politics attached to it. Like at all. Yeah. Someone someone on Twitter was saying that we should get cards printed to carry in our wallets, like medical emergency ID cards, then just say, please politicize my death. Yes. Like it's funny, but also maybe a good idea. So yeah, I retweeted someone yesterday that said if I die in a mass shooting, I want my, I want my death um, politicized the moment I'm pronounced dead. Yes. And then today I opened up, I was uh, sitting with Marlo in the car before she walked in to school by herself again. She's been doing it now for two weeks. Wow. Amazing progress. This like is Like happily so going on her own? Oh wow. yeah. Happily, happily going into school by herself. This is how, this is how much therapy, thank God for therapy. Thank God for therapy. This is amazing. He, she, he's a miracle worker. Um, that plus some other things. Um, <laughs> and I, would, I just opened up Twitter just as we were sitting there and somebody had retweeted this image of, a, I guess, I don't, I don't know what uh, paper it was published in, but this a picture of a guy who says that his dating life has been completely messed up since the election He's like, again and again and again, he's gone out with women, and they will ask him who he voted for. And when he says Donald Trump, they get up and they walk out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and how many times have I, like, ended, ended an online dating conversation when they, when they say they, they, they voted for Trump? Or they didn't vote at all? Yeah. And this guy is saying that yeah. basically that's unfair? He basically, he was saying, like, it just totally messed up my dating life. <laughs> but again, how do you not... How do you not see that happening? Oh, God. See, my computer just made some obnoxious charm. I don't think you heard that, but it's going to be there. I did. I heard it. It's going to be there. It's charm. God. No matter how hard we try, there's. I feel like there's always something in the background. Always. I'm... Coco is just, Coco is just like brewing upstairs. Brewing. We can use that as the cue for our Bible reading. The beautiful chime the and then barking. the whispering about Jesus. Whispering about Jesus. It was planned. That's funny though. How I don't understand how that is surprising. 
honestly. I should have put in my dating profiles, if you voted for Trump, please don't message me or it's not going to work out. And usually, but but I've heard horror stories from women who did that, who got messaged from guys who were just like, fuck you, you fucking bitch. Or, oh, yeah. you know, that's I can see thing. that, which really just, I mean, that's, that's why the message is there, essentially, for those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I w- if you, this is a stretch, but if you just give them the benefit of the doubt, and maybe they really thought things were going to go well. Okay, like December, you, you were still hopeful, but now, now, I don't, I, I mean... I can't really point to any one single thing that has that has gone well. Today is basically the anniversary. It was a year ago, so today is Tuesday, but I guess tomorrow would be election day. I think so, yeah. Anyway, it was a year ago today that it all happened, right? Yeah. When when the collective, you know, half of America sunk into the worst depression of their lives. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And like I'm. I somebody mentioned it yesterday that today would be the anniversary and I was like oh no is there going to be some sort of trigger where I'm like shot straight back into that miasma of of like oh my god what just happened I was like you know what we're we're all still here everybody's fired up um I'm not in that dark place that I was last year so I'm equipped to handle bad news <laughs> I mean, yes, but I'm also hoping the only thing that has really encouraged me is that a lot of times when things happen that are not ideal, everyone gets up in arms and angry for a couple weeks or a month and then it fades. And then like, so if we look at the election, so he gets elected and then let's say everyone gets up in arms for a month and then this election comes around and people have kind of forgotten and they don't really care anymore. So they don't vote, which just perpetuates the shitstorm. But that hasn't happened. Like the people who were angry a year ago today are angrier. Are and angrier. the crowd has grown yes. bigger. Am I, so, I mean, maybe people still don't turn out to vote, but I feel like people are going to come out to vote. Like people have not forgotten. It has just festered and gotten worse by the day. Yeah. So hopefully they do. Coco just barked. I did, did you hear it? I did hear that. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, we could, instead of reading, we could sing, like whisper sing, Bible songs. Whisper sing. (laughs) Didn't I ever tell you, I'm sure we've, I've shared this story before about vacation Bible school. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you go, it's a thing that they hold in the South, like at Baptist church where you send, it's like a day camp. I mean, there's still, there's still that here. I mean, VBS, baby. I see signs for it in the summer. Yeah. And my friend... Yeah, she's, she's howling. She's going crazy. You still have to talk about Jesus. She's going crazy. Jesus. Um, my friend, my best friend in, in uh, Los Angeles moved there from a place called Valdosta, Georgia. Valdosta. Valdosta. And her, at her vacation Bible school, oh my gosh, I just sunk into the I heard, I heard it Bible. At her, <laughs> at her vacation Bible school, they would be in a gymnasium and half the kids would get on one side and half the kids would get on the other and they would do this cheer and they would go, when I say Jesus, you say Jesus, say Jesus. And the other side would go, Jesus. And then it would get louder and louder and louder and louder. Like that's how they fired people up? Like, 
that's how they got that's how they like started oh, the wow. day and that's how they get fired up for Jesus. And so whenever she and I see each other, that's what we do. When I say Jesus, you say Jesus. Say say Jesus. Jesus. God. That is I'm glad people can come together like that. <laughs> America is really fucked up. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like where do you start? Where do you start? <laughs> Somehow this has all become, I guess, I guess it makes sense that this has turned into a political episode, being that it is voting day. And being that it is like, you know, a year ago, we, we, we all, we all sunk into the deep end of the ocean. Yeah. 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 And then when you add everything else on, like just in general, I, I want to say like all of this that has happened during our week this week, it's fucking Tuesday. It's, uh-huh. I feel like it's the end of the week. I mean, granted, Lexton was home all day yesterday, sick, so that kind of makes it seem like a semi-weekend. Not that I was weekending, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> God, everything is just totally... Oh, and you also, you mentioned that you got one of your bills for the hospital for when I you did. passed out at Starbucks. I did. I got, I got what I think yeah. is probably the bill, maybe even the last That's bill. That's a bill. That's a bill. That's a fucking yeah, and bill. And now I, I, the best thing is, and I think... Let me just take a step back. I'm reasonably sure that the hospital pulled all of my address information for my driver's license, which by law should be correct. However, it's not. I have not lived at that address for two years. So it's very possible that they are sending it to the wrong address because I have not actually received a bill. I've just received those like heads up letters from insurance, like Oh, you're going to get this bill. And here's probably how much it's going to be. Is the address on your um, license the address of your ex? Well, it, it was, but she doesn't live there anymore either. So oh, so maybe no. someone else will just pay my bills, which would be awesome. So I have to call the hospital and figure that shit out. But, or it's, it's also possible they just haven't actually billed me. And I think I think I filled something out and I would have put down my current address. So in some way... Someone would have, I don't know, but so I get the bill for the, for the overnight accommodations, which (laughs) is shocking because from the time I was officially admitted into the hospital to the time that I left, I had one blood draw. I had an an echo, which I'm reasonably sure isn't one of the other bill notices that I received. So I had one blood draw. I ate two packs of prepackaged hospital saltine crackers. And I'm pretty sure I peed in a urinal like three times. So that's all I did in the hospital. $16,000. So I can't imagine how much it would be if there was a lot going on when you were there. I mean, I didn't even have, like I I had a, I had a port in my arm because they gave me fluids initially in the ER, but I got nothing in my room. So I can't imagine what it would be like if all this stuff was happening while you were there and you're paying for these services. So you see how people go bankrupt. Oh God. Yeah. But the best part. Yeah. And I can't figure this out. They itemize my insurance company itemizes everything. Okay. There is about 25 line items. They're all itemized as emergency room. 
So I have no idea. But you weren't in the what, emergency right. room. So I have no idea what they're for, for one. For another, I didn't spend an overnight in the ER. So I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know enough about insurance and medical billing to know, like, am I being overcharged because they're looking at it all as an ER visit? But I really, I want to go in once I get, hopefully when I get the actual bill, there will be like an actual itemized statement of what it was. And I'll know that those saltine crackers were like $28 a pack. <laughs> they were damn good, I will say. I was really hungry, so no regrets. But 16 grand. That's really, that's insane given when I was in the hospital for postpartum depression, I spent four days in the hospital. Four days. I think the total bill, the total bill for those four days was 12000 See, I don't, I don't get, and, and like I said, it's not itemized, so I can't actually like tell that everything is correct. So maybe some of like the individual statements that I've already gotten from my insurance company are combined into that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but. Oh my yeah. God. It's just, it's crazy. Totally crazy. So it's been a really great Deep week. breathing. I mean. Deep breathing. All in all. Yeah. Yeah. All, all in all, it's been a great week. Yeah. It, all in all. I mean, when you really look at it, and I think, I think I got that, I did get that yesterday when Lexton was homesick. So after having a phenomenally unproductive day, <laughs> then I got that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Is this the worst that it really is when you get an unexpected bill of that proportion, of that magnitude? Yeah, and I knew it would be bad. Like, I was kind of prepared for it to not be good. But, man, it's crazy. It's like... And then I have people <sighs> asking me, texting me, like, so when are you, you going to meet with the cardiologist? I'm like, fucking never, because <laughs> I don't know how much that's going to be. And everyone in this entire, the entire medical network that I was in, which is like the vast majority of clinics in my area are part of a larger hospital group that is not in network for my insurance. So like the cardiologist, the PA, like everyone that they're referring me to is all out of network. So that's a whole nother piece that I have to try to figure out, like. And when do you have time to figure that out? Right, I don't. My choice is to not get checked and risk a heart issue or to cause a heart issue trying to figure out where to get checked. Because. That's like two hours out of your day, at least at a minimum, right? Just trying to figure it out. Trying trying to find if there even is someone else that I can go to. And I remember looking in the past, like where the providers were. And a lot of them are like, without exaggeration, 20, 30, 40 miles from me. So then when you figure that in, like getting an appointment, the two hours that you're going to spend driving to and from, mm-hmm. not that it's not worth it. Like I'm totally on board with getting yourself, you know, medical treatment, but maybe I should pay for the first round of it first. I don't know. <laughs> oh God. And I get to pick new insurance now. So that's cool. Yeah, I've got to figure, yeah, at the top of my to-do list is to figure out insurance. We have what, until the 15th? Well, I'm not on, I I didn't buy it through the, 
through the exchange. Ah, okay. I, I bought it through a That's broker, right. and I, I haven't heard from him, so. Interesting. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Also, Marlo has a book, a book report due on Friday, the day before she plays in front of judges with her piano pieces. And it's not just a book report. It is a cereal box book report where she had to decorate the entire cereal, like one side of the cereal box is all the characters. The other side of the box is like the plot summary. The back side of the box is a game that you're supposed to oh, play. God. And then you're supposed to come up with a name of a specific kind of, of a cereal that relates to the book. So she has to come up with a cereal themed thing and then fill the box with things and then like do a commercial for the, for the cereal box. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Just no. for one book report? And I was like, just for Holy one shit. book report. And I was like, please. So I was like, please don't send home the normal homework. Please don't send home the normal homework. And she sent home the normal level of homework. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that reminds me though. I'm, yeah. Lexton is going to be coming home with like yesterday's homework and yesterday's classwork and today's homework. Yeah. Awesome. And he has a rough draft awesome. of a memoir due. At the end of the week. Jesus is amazing. Which is really, really funny because he's been working on it and he doesn't like to write. He's just been working on it a lot because it's a subject that he likes. And he typed and typed and typed and typed and typed and told me, he's like, well, I'm done. It's like twice as long as it needs to be because he didn't tell me the length requirement until after he finished. I'm like, okay, this that's really good. But now we have to erase half of it. So you have to sit down and decide which half you want to erase. On top of everything oh. else. God. So good times all in all this week, I'd say. Yeah, good times. I posted uh, an Instagram video of both of my kids playing a little bit of their of their songs. And I got so many great replies. And somebody sent me an email, actually, and said... it was, And it really made me... It, like, gave me a, a jolt. A, a good jolt. Because they were like, you know, your kids playing piano is beautiful and amazing and you're doing a great job just know that you're doing a wonderful job and i was like i am i'm trying i'm trying (laughs) thank you stranger thank you (laughs) sometimes you need those little like not anonymous but random pats on the back they're a lot better than the random punches in the face because there are plenty of those (laughs) so we'll see what happens oh man maybe maybe tomorrow we wake up and a lot of people voted and there's a reason to have hope there is a reason to have hope yeah i i'm proof of that there you go i will say that because science is real there's a reason to have hope science science is real can you even believe that can you even believe that i mean like whoa that's like crazy it's it's finally real thank god (laughs) oh man so I don't even remember the amount of topics that we covered in this episode, but if any of you have stories of Jesus that you'd like to whisper to us, we would love to hear your feedback at stories at manicramblings.com. And you can find us online at manicramblings on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's the one I was searching for, Facebook. And we would love to hear your feedback and your stories about if you voted for Donald Trump, we're not going to go on a date. But we still want to hear it. We still, 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 still want to hear about it. We'll still talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, until next time, 
When I say Jesus, you say Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus! I'm sorry, hang on. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.